Welcome to the Church Explained Podcast, a conversation to grow your leadership and build your church. And so that's a lesson. Can I just wind back a little bit? Another thing that Joshua failed with, he... Do you remember the case when those men came appearing as though they had come on a long journey mm-hmm. and they bought mouldy bread and they bought tribute? This is a comment about charismatic leaders. They tend to believe in the good in everything. It's part of their nature. Um, a good leader, they tend to have an optimistic opinion about everybody. Mm. What, what Joshua needed was a good cynic that said those guys are lying they are trying to get around you, and you shouldn't listen to them. But we don't know if Joshua did have that person speaking to him. But if again, if he'd gone and prayed mm. or asked for advice, somebody would have come up with something wrong here, something smells, and it's not just mouldy bread. Yeah. There's something smells. There's, there's a snake in the grass somewhere here. There's a snake in the garden. And I think one of the, the dangers of uh, those um, charismatic leaders is they – tend to have a, an uncommonly high appreciation of, of the good in people, which is part of the reason they do so well. But it's also, in some cases, the reason they don't do well. Mm. And if Joshua had someone with him that could have, was cynical about human nature and, not, and didn't just believe everything, he believed what he heard. He should have gone and asked the Lord, am I hearing right? Yeah, yeah. But when you're in a mode of success... And when success is galloping, it's really hard to stop and go away and pray mm. because we start to live off the juice of former prayer. But it, it, there's a day where it doesn't work. Yeah. It'd be yeah. like, I mean, imagine Jesus just picking 12 fine-looking young men from, from the crowd, he, but he chose, he chose a revolutionary, you know, possibly murderer. He chose a hated tax gatherer. He chose this most disparate bunch of people you've ever met. And because he went up the mountain and asked, asked God, who is it? What is it? So I go back to prayer, don't I? If you don't, yeah. And if you don't have that rest in your soul, mm. which rush brushes out of the way, if you don't have a rest in your soul, you're not going to hear what the Holy Spirit says. Mm. And that's the danger of success. You start to get into this internal gallop. And you can't stop anymore. And and you have to stop to hear. Yeah. Yeah, some lessons we can learn and put into our own lives. As we think of Joshua's sort of approach to leadership, some of the things you've mentioned there, how, how do we make sense of that in our current situation? We've touched on some of it, but I wonder if there's anything else as we think of his example of leadership or maybe stuff that's in the book that you think would be good to share with the, with, with our listeners. Yeah, I didn't, um, sorry to disappoint, I didn't go down that line so much. Um, it may be the weakness of the book that I didn't. Okay. Um, I, I, I did contemporise it, but yeah. not around that issue. I'm just thinking, what would it be? Um, I, would, I, I can't think of anything more than just being open to what God says, Yeah. to having the right kind of people around you. A good leader needs people that can say no Yeah. or that's stupid. And um, it appears to me that these Old Testament leaders, they never had that kind of voice. But if you read the New Testament, you, you don't read of a David. You don't read of a Moses. You read of a community. You read of uh, 
but people submit it to each other. And I think those kind of lessons are very important for us today. Mm. Yeah. And, and anything else from the book you think would be useful that you want to draw that's um, helpful for people? Um, I think just you know, aside from those three principles that were in yeah. Joshua's life, those three dynamics or mm-hmm. life factors, the second half of the book talks about how he worked it out. That's why mm-hmm. I called the book What I Did When No One Was Looking and what, I, what, or what, it, um, what, what did I say? I'm not sure. What, what, I, what I did when no one was looking and what I did when everybody was. Yeah. Um, good, free, good, good line, that. Uh, I like that. Um, so, no, I think just in reading the second part of the book, it, 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 it'll, I'm using contemporary examples. Sure. Uh, there's nothing that jumps out at me except it's, it's a cheap book with a lot of words, so it's worth reading. Yeah. <laughs> okay. We're, we're getting hold of. Can, can I push you a little bit on the sense of just thinking of leadership and leadership teams? Let's say a church is set up and they're, they're relying on principles and processes uh, they've learned in leadership books and leadership management books, stuff that's out there in the business world. But they're not hearing something like this and they're trying to think, well, how do I now shift, not just myself, but how do we shift now our group of leaders from one particular um, model of leadership to now this more, as you have described earlier, this more spiritual uh, group of leaders. Like, what what can what can leaders do to get from there with their group of leaders to here, which is going to benefit them for the future? Well, I think first of all they have to model it. Mm. If they're not modelling it, um, discussion is going to go nowhere except discussion. So I think if a leader models uh, reliance upon the Holy Spirit, um, I would th- I also think a, um, a a disdain towards what the world thinks is amazing. I, I think that when Jesus said these very strong words, he said, well, it was, I think it was Jesus who said it, he said um, that what the world loves, God despises. And I, I, I think until that sort of, until we start to say these things may have value, but ultimately they don't produce fruit, mm. great fruit. So I think but that's probably taking the discussion too far in one direction. I think modelling it, if I'm not modelling what I'm teaching, I might as well forget about what I'm teaching. Sure. And then secondly, I would think um, more, think, more dedication to scripture together rather than reading books about leadership technique. Or, okay. I, 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 in the Christian world, um, leadership is a massive seller. Yeah. Uh, I heard a really well-known speaker recently in the States. He's a multi-million dollar seller on leadership. And quite a delightful person, I imagine. But I'm listening, and it's like it's just it's it's like a um, it's like a prepackaged show with the right the, with the right smiles in the right places. Mm. And I'm thinking, like I'm hearing, I'm not hearing the name Jesus. I'm not hearing Paul. I'm hearing clever, valuable, clever quips. Yeah. I'm not hearing. I'm not hearing what Jesus says about leadership, which is always the, the lower road. I'm not hearing what Paul says, which is always the cruciform life. I'm not hearing that. I'm hearing about being strong and visionary and, and taking your people to places they've never been and, and um, you know, making sure you've got a board that's with you and they pay you properly. And I'm thinking, like, I understand what the reaction that 
that caused these statements, but I fear the result of where it could take us mm. in the long run. So I go back to this. If we're not modelling it, we can't teach it. Yeah. But if we're modelling it, we can start to transfer it to those around us because they'll see it. Mm. And I would rather get with a group of leaders and do a discussion on the book of Colossians than on John Maxwell's latest book. Yeah, yeah. You know, I've got one of John Maxwell's latest books right in front of me, The 16 Undeniable Laws of Communication. Yeah. I guarantee it's a great book. Yeah. But it's sort of, I've got another one next to it called Leading Like Jesus. I'd rather read that one. <laughs> <laughs> but that's me. I, I'm, I, I, I probably wouldn't, I'm not going to be invited to a leadership conference with my thoughts. <laughs> Well, you, you, you never know. Maybe, maybe these are fresh thoughts that people need to hear. Maybe this is what leaders do need to hear of getting into the scriptures and taking our leadership from there and um, rather than from lots of books. And we love the books. I know we, uh, I'm like you, I'm a reader. Totally. I, love, I, love, I love reading the books. But there is something about getting back to scripture. And I think there is something about getting back to scripture when it comes to preaching as well. You touched on that earlier. And I, and, uh, and I think I'm very moved by that idea because I think lots of people do preach these days and the scriptures are, as you described there, they're proof text. They're, they're there to, to sort of give a little bit of credence to the thoughts they've brought rather than <clears throat> this is the foundation, this is the springboard. And, and I, I just wonder, could churches be really stronger if if they got back to that type of preaching, but also that type of leadership, where we're in the presence, where we're relying on the word, where there's a sense of faith. It gets me thinking, what could the outcome be? You know, what, what, you know if we were to dream of that, even for a moment, what would, what would the church look like five years, 10 years, 20 years down the line from what's often the common diet at the minute? Thoughts? Look, I've, yeah, I think we'd end up with initially smaller churches. But I think long term we'd end up with a greater influence in the world mm. and, and, and more believers because you can only have so many how-to messages. I mean, as, as an example, we do. I, I've taught them, we, and, and mm. no doubt yourself has, yeah. and, and lots of great churches, messages on you know, financial stewardship, which are very important. Sure. Um, but I, I would wonder if we would be better to do Jesus talking about the danger of money mm. um, rather than just how to deal with it better. Look, I, I've taught how to deal with money, for instance, like don't get into debt. That's just so unpopular. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, don't, have, I don't have debt. Like I work against debt. Um, now, I'm older and I've been fortunate financially for a number of reasons. So I own houses, but I have no mortgages. But that's mm. uncommon. So a mortgage to me is like a measured debt. You're either going to pay rent or pay a mortgage. Yeah, yeah, and you're yeah. better to have an asset for your family at the end of it. Yeah, mm. absolutely. Um, but teaching believers to, be, um, to not have to spend. But you know what? I, that's all good. But I wonder if we taught what Jesus said about money, the danger of money, if it wouldn't actually start to reorder how we thought about money in a, in a way that's biblical, that's spiritual, and that reflects more of who Jesus is rather than just, I've got a good accountant, I'm, I'm out of debt, um, I have money in the bank. That's all okay. 
but it doesn't match up to kind of like the tougher statements about money. That, and I've heard over the years, oh, Jesus talked more about money than anything. I'm thinking, yeah, that's because it's more of a problem, not because he was validating how good it was. Good point. Um, good, good point. And I, I'm not afraid of money. I'm, I'm not no. afraid of wealth no, and money. Yet. That's not my yeah. point. But so maybe that kind of issue could teach our people like a deeper spirituality about about money and about possessions rather than just a good message of how to have some money left at the end of the week mm. <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, so I think yeah. those sort of things, I think teaching through Paul's writings, it may, it, it, if you read the book of Ephesians, it's going to make you face, it's going to face you up with unpleasant um, concepts yeah, in today's yeah, yeah. world. Yeah. And so and if I just take prayer or an element out of Ephesians, I'm not going to get the full sweep of Paul's panorama in that book, yeah. which is theology, application, family, men and women, marriage, and all these awkward difficulties. So I think if we were teaching those, we would disciple our people better. Yeah. But I'm not sure that we would have um, 10,000 an hour auditorium overnight. Yeah. Okay, but more influence, slower. more influence you think over time. That's, over, that's, over time, and we've got, we've got to think beyond my generation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great, great thought. Um, I've got a couple more questions before we get into, I guess, some quick fire questions for a little bit of fun this afternoon as well. I know it's afternoon here, uh, morning where you are. So just thinking of this idea, I've heard you talk about this idea of the, the missing six days when it comes to church and leaders and the significance of that. I wonder if you could just speak into that a little bit. Um, if we're just swapping the topic a little bit, but maybe just speak into that and that, that thought this afternoon. <laughs> when I read that question, Dave, I thought, did I say that? Yeah. But then I'm responsible for saying a lot of things I've forgotten. <laughs> um, I'm probably referring to Monday to Saturday. Yeah. I think I'm referring to Monday to Saturday. Yeah, yeah. Is that is that Sunday is awesome, yeah. and and I go to church on Sundays. Um, I'm not I'm not making a point not to do that. Sure. We, it's it's difficult for us because of our, where we live to do that, but we do it. We go to Atlanta to a C3 church wow. quite wow. regularly, so that's a flight. It's a car rental. It's a hotel. Wow. So it's but it's worth it, and yeah. love the church, but. Um, I think I'm referring to you can have a great Sunday. You can have people feeling built up. And, you know, I say this carefully. You can have people feeling whipped up. Whoa. But what about Monday? Are those biblical lessons, are they permeating? Are they seeping in? Are they finding place in me from Monday to Saturday? Sure. Or is it just that I live Monday to Saturday awkwardly and then I go to church on Sunday and I feel better? Yeah. And to yeah. me, that's like... That misses the entire point of the whole Christian experience. Yeah. But I think it might be the experience of a lot of people because mm. on Monday they don't feel great. Mm. They go to work and they've got to deal with a, a difficult boss or difficult employees. They don't have money that they need to pay their children's education or they want. So what's it really like to live for Jesus Monday to Saturday and not just ha have a Sunday experience? Yeah. Because those experiences, they, they leak out of us very fast. They do. They do. So I think that's what I was referring to. Well, appreciate that. Yeah, thank you for sharing on that. And, and thinking of leaders today, then, um, if leaders were to focus on one thing to give them the greatest return, 
what do you think that would be? I mean, we've mentioned a few things, so we you may already covered that, but just to give you an opportunity, if like thinking of the different age of leaders, different young leaders coming through, like you're standing in front of them, you're sitting in front of them, you want to give them one bit of advice of like investing in their leadership, what should that be? Um, I think, number one, I would need to be living in God's presence and in God's word personally. Mm-hmm. Number two, I would want the people in front of me to see that in me and to know how to do it. And number three, I would want to make sure that through that there would be a proper, long-term, patient process of discipleship. Okay. And so that would be my quick answer. Yeah. Your quick answer, but but it's, it's, a, long, it's a long process, isn't it, uh, for that transformation to take place in people's lives. It, it's not overnight, is it really? Yeah, no, fantastic. Well, uh, listen, I have a, a few quick fire questions. It's been great just to hear a little bit more about the book. Is there anything else you want to share about the book you think would be relevant at this point before we jump into the quick fire questions? No, aside from you get it on Amazon. That's um, Get it on Amazon. Great price. And if you do and love it, yeah, and if you do love it, write a review. That's, yeah. That's all. Does that help? They help. <laughs> I'm not going to become. A, I'm, I'm not going to be able to buy a private jet because of this book. So. <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> yeah, maybe a private moped or something. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> well, listen. A quick, a few quick fire questions for a bit of fun. Uh, the today, uh, Simon. One is: this, uh, What's your favorite podcast, and why do you like it? Oh, I'm going to. This is a terrible answer. I don't listen to podcasts a lot. I read. I read books. Right. But okay. If I. Yeah, so that's my quick answer. All right. Well, we appreciate your oh, honesty. Except, oh, hold on. Uh, oh, except for the Icon podcast. That's the Yeah, the, the Church Explained one. I heard that's a good one. <laughs> so, wow. It's a very good one. It's yeah, worth yeah. listening to. Lots of good uh, guests on there. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> what, what's, current, what's currently challenging you the most? And maybe you've, we've touched on some of that stuff. But is there anything else that's sort of challenging you? Um, personally, um, I'm going through transition, so that's that's a, okay. uh, you know, I'm, I'm nearly 70 years old, so that's a challenge, um, and Look, all of that. Looking good, though. Thank you, thank you. I'm modelling myself after you, except for the beard. Yeah, um, <laughs> I'm not that I, old. I, I think the, the, Be careful. <laughs> I think, yeah, <laughs> that's right. I think the biggest challenge would be, I, I get, I, discourage is the wrong word. I worry about... Um, I worry about the westernification of the church. Mm. I worry that we've, we're so far down the track of event, experience, um, huge money going to these things. I worry that, that we're missing the difficult process of discipleship okay. and the cost that that will bring. That mm. would be my, it's my personal concern. Yeah, a biggie. Uh, and, uh, and I guess lots of people are sharing that same concern. Quite a lot yes. written at the moment on discipleship and that sort of stuff. Brent, okay, a few others then. We'll not go through them all, but a few this afternoon is, uh, can you recommend two books? You've just said you're a reader. Your two books you'd recommend and why? I tell you what, I there's a book by a guy called Alan Crader. Or Crader. It's called mm-hmm. The Patient Ferment of the Early Church. It's okay. a cracker of a book. Is it really? Uh, basically, it's about... Almost everything we do is different to what they did, and yet they changed the Roman Empire. Um, They were exclusive. 
Our meetings are so open that we can't address tough issues without someone going to the law. Um, they were patient in their discipleship processes. You couldn't get baptised until you'd been catechised. I know there are issues with that, but the overall feeling of it's amazing. So that's one of my favourites. A brilliant book. And another book I'm loving is a book by, I'm just looking at it, by Richard B. Hayes called The Moral Vision of the New Testament. Absolutely mm. stunning. Yeah, yeah. Too it's, good it's, books, they're both academic, they're academic books. Yeah, yeah. And they're, not, they're not John Grisham. Yeah. Or they're not, you know, lightweight. They're academic books, but by golly, they are brilliant in what they say about our future and what we need to do. Love that, love that. Thank you for those recommendations. We'll stick those in the show notes and uh, people can find those as well. Um, your favourite hobby that you enjoy doing at the moment, besides walking on the beach early in the morning? Yeah, it is. Watching the sunrise in Miami is rather special. Yeah. My favourite hobby? Do you know, it's probably... Because our life's in a transition, it's probably reading. Okay. Yeah. I am thinking, I've got a pilot's license. I'm thinking of going and doing a boat license here in Miami. Right. And maybe I think my fun. wife would like me to do that. So then maybe, there's, there's, that could be fun. Yeah, maybe, maybe this book could pray for a private boat then. <laughs> so maybe the boat's on its way. Oh. <laughs> Who knows? Oh. My, boat, my boat's coming in. My yeah. ship's coming in. Chef's coming in. <laughs> Brilliant. Listen, another couple of questions. And uh, your favourite type of food, if you could only Ooh, eat it. You know, if uh, I love Italian food. Oh, yeah, okay. Love Any, Italian. Anything but, in particular? Uh, Be specific. Yeah, not good for me. Uh, I don't eat much of it. A yeah. good pizza. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. A good pizza wood, wood or a nice pizza. carbonara. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, yeah. I'm that's getting it. hungry now. That's it. It feels, feels like lunchtime here. Okay, and if you could otherwise, have... Otherwise... Go ahead. <laughs> go for it. Go for it. No, no. I said, otherwise, um, I know this sounds a bit generic, modern Australian food is exceptional. Oh, really? Sea, Seafood-based, but mm. absolutely exceptional. I like that. I like that. A bit of seafood. Lovely. Last question for today is, if you could have one superpower... What would it be and why? This is going to reveal something about you today, Sam. This is the deep stuff you get on this podcast. What would it be? You know the thing that strengths came straight to mind? Yeah. The power of invisibility. Yeah, okay. <laughs> not, not having to be seen. Right. That would be awesome. <laughs> I'd like to be invisible. So the, the mind boggles. So. The mind boggles. <laughs> Well, yes, no, not so I could peek in people's windows. No, no, I, no, no one was saying that. We wouldn't go down that route on this podcast. <laughs> but, but if we must, we'll have to address that. <laughs> so what does that say about me, Dave? Well, Un unpack that. What does, it, what does it say about me? I think it says that you like to be on your own, not to be seen, but you still like to be influential. What about that? Yep. There you go, perfect. We'll, we'll, we'll put that out there. Well, Simon, listen, it's been great to have you on the show today. If people want to connect Thank with you, you and uh, find out a little bit more about you, um, where should they go? I know you're in a point of transition at the moment. Things are changing. But uh, where should people connect with you if they maybe just want to grab something from well, you? Well, uh, if people wanted to connect, Instagram is probably the Instagram, easiest. Yeah. And my handle is, is SimonMCI. That's it. Yeah, that's pretty easy. S-I-M-O-N-M-C-I. That's yeah. it. It's all one well, word. Um, I, I do have a website, uh, but that's more based around blogs. Okay. And that's simonmcintyre.net. 
Brilliant, brilliant. And again, we'll stick that in the show notes. People can find that and find those links. Yes. But it's been a pleasure to have you here with us. Love the ideas and the challenge I think you've been sharing there just around the business approach to leadership and the biblical approach. And, and like, we want to be real here. We're not saying throw out everything, but there is some things I guess as leaders we should pay attention to and maybe get back to for the for the longevity yes. of the church and and for its its own health i think so uh, yeah appreciate that thanks for sharing today well that's a wrap for us at the church Main podcast if you want to subscribe we'd love you to do that you can find out more about us um and all the different platforms we've got lots of free resources on our website icon.church forward slash open lots of free resources for you to download for your church free of charge and you can use them whatever way you want so thanks for connecting in with us